This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are getting ready to open the doors here at Town Hall for the 10th annual Feed the Need. 4,000 turkey dinners about to be handed out to Cleveland's uh, Those in Need. It's a terrific event. Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, they're going to be the host today. They'll be here shortly. Uh, also joined by Joel Batonio, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, JJ3, Jedrick Wills, DPJ, Greg Newsom, Farrell Brown, Kellen Mond, Perion Winfrey, Darius Garland's going to stop by from the Cavs. Bernie Kozar is expected to join uh, it's going to be a great day. We're here for the next three hours. And uh, talking Browns, talking Cavs, John Rudder joins me now for the rest of the show. And also joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? You and I talk on, like, every platform in Cleveland. It's amazing. <laughs> Yes, we do. I enjoy doing our Monday night show together on Channel 3. That's fun. Now you're lying. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't have my mic it. on last night. I didn't have my mic on. That's how That's how um, incompetent I am at doing this stuff. And yet they gave me a show to do today, like these foolish, foolish people. Uh, but, Mary-Kate, <laughs> we took a call uh, at, during the last segment. I don't know if you heard it or not. Now, this is like bubbled up in these last few days, and I don't know where it's coming from. Miles is going to ask for a trade. Miles is going to ask for a trade. I don't see how or why Miles Garrett would ask for a trade now, nor do I think the Browns would honor it. Where is this nonsense coming from? You know, things get started like that on social media, and then they take a life of their own. I mean, you know, you really just have to ignore most of that stuff. Uh, That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, you You know, he's got his contract. He's very firmly rooted in this community. Uh, he loves it here. I, I just, you know, they've got Deshaun now. I mean, I, I'm just not feeling that at all. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know why it's coming up. But in terms of changes being made, listen, if they weren't going to fire Joe at this point, they're not going to fire him at all, at least not for the rest of the season. That's how I'm seeing it. You've been, You've maintained that all year, that they're not going to do anything rash in the middle of the season like that. Do you think changes could come, though, when the season's up? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to take a really, really hard look at uh, the defense and the special teams and see what they can do uh, to improve those units for sure. Now, in terms of the rest of this season, the only way that I would see something being done is if they really feel like they're completely out of it and they're hearing from enough players, maybe enough, enough other coaches or something, uh, that things aren't going right with the process and that there needs to be change. But as of right now, that's not the plan. The plan is to maintain the status quo and just to get through the rest of the season as best they can. Well, i got to tell you, I think we're getting close on that. I really do. I think the, the frustration is mounting with the players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's bring in John Rudder now, who's joined us for 
the rest of the show so I can finally stop talking. <laughs> John, the floor is yours. Someone's got to give you a little break, right? Mary Kay, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, the coaching change or potential coaching change is at the front and center of everybody's minds. But if you're looking at things like personnel-wise, what could potentially be done in the offseason to improve this group? Well, I think there are a number of things that are going to have to happen personnel-wise in the offseason. They have to address the run defense. They thought they addressed it, but, you know, Jordan Elliott didn't live up to the expectations they had for him. Uh, Perion Winfrey hasn't been able to uh, really contribute very much this season. So uh, the defensive tackles that they do have uh, just haven't been exactly what they thought they might be, so they have to take another look at that. From a linebacker position, they lost Anthony Walker and Jacob Phillips for the whole entire season. Uh, so they're going to have to look there again, I'm sure. And uh, there will be some other spots, too, on this team, both on the offensive side of the ball, too. There are some injuries and some issues on the offensive line. I think they need another Pro Bowl caliber receiver. So I think once they get to these last six games with Deshaun Watson, I think they're going to have a really good handle on what they need to add to this football team and what kind of coaching changes they need to make. You touched on Anthony Walker, and Jason, you brought this up, too, I've heard a few times. Uh, how detrimental was that loss? I mean, was he really the linchpin or, uh, you know, the key to, to really holding that defense together? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. He, um, Anthony Walker was a key piece of that defense for sure, not just on the field, but as a leader. No question about it. But, I mean, you can't let the whole thing crumble because one guy is lost for the season. That happens to defenses all across the NFL. So, you know, that that can't be used as an excuse for this because, I mean, Anthony, you know, was a, a one-year contract guy. I mean, it, it's not like he was the face of the defense going forward like Denzel and like Miles is. So uh, even though it hurt a lot, Still, it shouldn't have been enough to, you know, for the House of Cards to fall. Are they going to have enough? Everyone says they don't have any draft picks. That's not true. They don't have a number one, obviously, but they have plenty of draft picks next year. Do they have enough, though, of valuable high draft picks and available money in free agency to overhaul this front seven? Yeah, you know, I think through through trades, through the draft, and, you know, through street free agents and, and whatever the case may be, uh, they should be able to, to upgrade their talent. They do have the money. They're in good shape from a cap standpoint. So they should be able to add some pieces and parts and, uh, you know, maneuver around enough to add the talent that they need. And, and seriously, they could get by with probably two, you know, two really good key pieces on defense. Talking to Mary Kay Cabot on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Mary Kay, is Jacoby Brissett going to be a starter in the NFL next year? I would love to see him back in a backup role, but there's there's going to be more quarterback needy teams than top quarterbacks available, I think. So is he going to be next year's Matt Ryan going somewhere else trying to latch on and start for another year, or do you think that there's room? Do, do you think that there's interest on his part to come back next year and stay with this team in a backup role? Well, I think he would probably enjoy coming back here. I think he fits in really well. Uh, the culture is good. They really believe in him. If he has an opportunity to go somewhere and start, uh, then you know I think he would probably obviously prefer that. I think that part of what he did this season was establish himself as a potential starter again in the NFL. So I think he will be looking for that more so than anything. But I don't know that you know teams will be clamoring for him necessarily. I, I would put him more sort of in the Teddy Bridgewater 
category where he can be a starter, but he can also be a backup. I don't think he will be as in demand as, you know, some of the Pro Bowl quarterbacks were this past year, but he certainly uh, put some really good tape out there on himself. Why did it work so well for him here? He was far better, way better than I ever thought he was going to be. Well, I mean, you know, the the game plan fit him very well. I mean, and, and I think one of the things that he did really well was he used his legs and his mobility. He's hard to bring down, almost in the style of a Ben Roethlisberger, hard to bring, bring down. Not fast by any means, but, uh, but just big and tough and strong and somewhat mobile. And, you know, he was really good, except for this past weekend on, um, you know, on the sneaks and, and those sorts of things. So I think that was one thing. And then, you know, he's got a good offensive line here, a good supporting cast, a good running game, and those things make it easier. Mary Kay, what did you think of Miles' comments from earlier this week about, you know, a potential maybe lack of emphasis to force turnovers and um, maybe how big of a disconnect could there be there between coaches and players? You know, it, it was a little bit hard to read the tea leaves and decipher exactly where Miles and Grant were going with their comments, but I asked Miles to follow up and to clarify what he meant and he said, you know, we are, he started off by saying we're not putting enough emphasis on takeaways in practice. Well, I watch training camp every single day and regular practice to the extent that we can every single day. And they practice takeaways. I mean, this is a ball uh, protecting takeaway staff. They put a heavy emphasis on it. So when I clarified with Miles, he said we are not reaching our takeaway goals in practice. That would be, say to me that the players are not having enough of a sense of urgency to take it away in practice and reach their goals. So everyone extrapolated that to mean that he was ripping Joe, but I don't necessarily know that he was ripping Joe there. I think he was uh, more so putting that one on the players. Players have to be culpable in this as well. Like everybody, all the heat's on Joe, and I get it, but Joe's not on the field. And the fact that they're still having coverage busts at this point in the season, Stefan Diggs to be as open as he was on Sunday is inexcusable. you got three guys triple-teaming one of their lesser guys. I don't remember who the receiver was. And Diggs is wide open to the back of the end zone with no, within, no one within seven yards of him. At some point, this is on the personnel. Yes, you're right. And I, I actually think there are too many fingers pointing at Joe Woods right now. If you think about everything that Joe Woods has been through and has had to deal with this season, I mean – Jadavian Clowney missed a chunk of games. Denzel Ward missed a chunk of games. Miles Garrett flipped his car and wasn't himself for a few weeks. Anthony Walker out for the season. Young guys that uh, that he was handed that were supposed to be really, really good this season didn't turn out to be or haven't yet been exactly what they thought they would be. So, you know, he had to dial back the, the defense a little bit so that the guys could handle it, and then he gets criticized for that too. So uh, he's had a lot on his plate, and you're right. I do think that... Uh, some of it needs to come down to make the tackle, okay? When it's third Absolutely. down and he's your guy over there, uh, you know, don't let him bounce off of you. Get him down on the ground. Ben Still, who they just signed off the Dolphins practice squad, graded out higher on PFF than any of the defensive tackles who have been here all year. That That, that is a failure throughout the organization. From the guys from the right. uh, guys evaluate the talent to the guys coach him up to the guys actually on the field. How does that happen? A guy who just got here – grades out higher and it listen it's pff people have mixed views on that but it that was stunning to me well you know as, as i mentioned some of the guys that they really expected to play really well and have breakout seasons 
it hasn't happened for one reason or another. Jordan Elliott, we heard a lot about him in training camp from Chris Kippen. We heard a lot about him uh, from Miles Garrett. They really expect him to pop almost like, you know, at a Pro Bowl caliber level is what we were hearing about him. And, you know, that just didn't materialize. And, and Perrion, I mean, Perrion talked a great game when he was drafted. And I know he's yep. only a fourth rounder, but, I mean, he was expected to come in and contribute. And this has been mostly a lost season for him. So, you know, if it had worked out, he would have been a really big part of that rotation. So I think that's how it happens, uh, where some of what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. Mary Kay, following up on Jason's question from just you know a couple of minutes ago, we touched on them having picks, not just first-round picks, but do you have the confidence that they're able to make the most out of those picks moving forward? Well, you know, I mean, they've made some really, really good picks. They've made some good late-round picks. Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, I think Martin Emerson in the third mm-hmm. round actually was a steal there. So they've made some really, really good draft picks, and they're going to have to – uh, you know, show their muscle on how to be able to draft mid-round and late-round guys again going forward. Uh, but there are some other picks where the jury is still out, and you usually don't really know for about three years how a class is actually going to look. Uh, and I just think that we need to keep an eye on on some of these guys and see if they are going to be living up to their potential. Now, JOK, he's another guy that's been hurt this season, uh, but he was lights out uh, the other day. So. Uh, you know, some of them have looked really, really good. Others have been a little suspect, and we'll know more in about two years. Is there any scenario in your mind where Kevin, Andrew, and or Paul are not back next year? I don't see it. I think they're back regardless, but tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I think you're, you know, I think that, that those guys will be back. Yes, I think they will be back. I think that Andrew Barry was very genuine when he said, uh, at the bi-week press conference, that they feel the same way about Kevin Stefanski as they did when they hired him. Now, if anything, uh, what he's going to have to demonstrate in these final six games with Deshaun is that he really has a handle on calling the, the plays and, and how to bring the best out in Deshaun Watson because he's the big investment now. He's the $230 million man. So they have to show uh, that they can get him uh, to where he needs to be so that he can take this team to the Super Bowl. So everyone has to take an unflinching look at that, not be afraid uh, to, you know, to say, hey, this is working or this isn't working. And in the event that they needed to bring in another offensive mind or something like that, then, you know, then maybe they'd have to be willing to do that. But Kevin, Andrew, Paul, uh, they're not going anywhere. Does it matter that Kevin got here before Andrew or we passed that? Does that not matter anymore? Just in terms that of security. That doesn't matter. No, that doesn't matter because they were, you know, they were part and parcel of the same situation. Uh, you know, Andrew and Paul wanted Kevin Stefanski in, in the year that Freddie Kitchens was hired. So Andrew and, and Kevin were sort of attached at the hip, even though uh, the timing wasn't, you know, what it sometimes is. But, no, those, those two guys are a package deal. Mary Kay, once the Sean does come back and we get this audition to see what the offense looks like with him under center, how does Kevin show that he does have that handle on it? Like, what would it look like for fans to know that he can get this offense moving in the right direction? Well, you know, I think you're going to want to see, you know, just how he does with a dual-threat quarterback. I think you're going to want to see, you know, what do the, the called runs look like? What do the RPOs look like? How, you know, how is he running this offense? And what are they doing with him to take advantage of all that amazing arm talent that he has? 
the one thing that, that I do wonder about a little bit, and I always get pushed back from, from people on this, but, you know, I, I still think that, you know, they did need another Pro Bowl caliber receiver on this team. And I think that they will soon find out if Deshaun feels that way, too. If he's out there and he doesn't have exactly what he needs, uh, then I'm sure he will be vocal enough to say, you know, we need A, B, and C to get the job done here. So I think that will be another huge part of the evaluation process. But you're going to need to see signs of a good, explosive offense that can take this team all the way. We've seen so many sets, obviously, with with Michael Dunn as an eligible receiver with Farrell Brown on the field as the third tight end. Is that done and over when Deshaun comes back? It it certainly felt that way. They they were trying to go in that direction in the offseason, and then obviously the suspension went to 11 games. And can they flip it that fast in the middle of the season with just six games to go? Yeah, I mean, I think they're multiple enough that they can do so many different things. And now you're starting to see a young guy like David Bell start to step up a little bit and show yeah. that he's ready for more for more action, right? So, so that will be good. Um, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, I, I think he's been terrific this season, and he's exceeded expectations. So I think that will help. And so you can, you're going to be able to do more that way with, you know, three wides, four wides, whatever you want to do. Um, but I think there still will be times, depending on the weather and depending on the matchups, uh, you know, that you might want to go jumbo and use, you know, the bigger tight ends and those kinds of things. So uh, I, I think they have enough in their playbook to do whatever they want to do. Mary Kay Cab at Cleveland.com. Everything you want to know about the Browns and more. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. See you in a bit. She's the best. Uh, yeah, she'll be, I'm sure she'll be down here shortly. Uh, we're starting to see people trickle in now. Doors are open, I believe. Feed the Need here at Town Hall, the 10th Annual Feed the Need. Handing out turkey dinners, Thanksgiving meals to those who need it most here in Cleveland. I'm Jason Lloyd. He's John Rutter. We'll be back with more on 92.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.